This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Father, we thank you even for the opportunity we have before us to look into your word of life. Lord, we don't take it lightly. We ask, O oh Lord, that by your spirit you will reveal yourself unto us in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, reveal Christ to us and let our lives not remain the same after this session. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're still talking about our theme for the year, the King of Glory. The King of Glory. Our theme for the year and for the month is the King of Glory. You know, so one of the things I have found useful over the years is it's important to define terms. Otherwise, we'll be talking about the King of Glory, the King of Glory, and one person is thinking one thing, another is thinking another. People just have different opinions about what the King of Glory really is. So it's good for us to be grounded in the same meaning. You know, so our text is Psalm 24, verse 7. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Psalm 24, verse 7. says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. The key words when you look at King of glory is King and glory. So let's start by uh, talking about who or what a king is. A king is the supreme authority and commander over a domain. The king is in charge when it comes to his domain. Amen. A king sits over a kingdom and nothing happens in that kingdom without the say-so of the king. And if the king gives an order, that order is established in that kingdom. So when we say the king of glory, we're talking about the one that has the final authority when it comes to glory. Amen? Are we tracking? So the king is in charge. The king has supreme authority and the king is a commander in chief in his realm. And the realm we're talking about here is the realm of glory. That is why the Bible can say, because we are in Christ, we can share in his glory. Right. Because we are a part of the king. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. If Christ in me and Christ is the king of glory, guess what? There's glory in me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 41. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 41. It says the sun has one kind of glory. While the moon and stars each have another kind. And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. So when you think about the sun, the moon, and the stars, amen, they are reflective of the glory of God, is what he's saying. So in heaven, on earth, everywhere there is glory, God is king in that sphere. Amen. So if there is the glory of the moon, the glory of the moon 
derives from God. The glory of the sun derives from him. The glory of the stars derives from him. Amen. So what then is glory? Because of our time, what then is glory? The word that is generally translated glory in the Old Testament is the word kabod. Kabod. You know, and the absence of kabod is ikabod. Amen. You, you, some of you know that word, ikabod. You know, when they say, oh, the glory has left. Praise the Lord. In the New Testament, it's doxa. It's doxa. The glory is simply, let me put it in simple terms, not in, you know, <laughs> seminary words. You know, otherwise I'm still losing some of you. The glory is simply the expression of God's power and majesty physically. Amen? When you say something is glorious, for example, Psalm 19 verse 1, the Bible says, the heavens declare your glory. If you are somebody that is very re reflective, on a dark night when you have stars in the sky and you see the moon in the sky, you cannot but wonder at the magnificence of creation. A synonym of glory is magnificence. Another synonym is splendor or grandeur or beauty or wonder. Amen? So when it talks about the king of glory, it means wherever you see splendor is the king there. Wherever you see grandeur is the king there. Wherever you see magnificence, something magnificent and just grandiose, that is him. That is the sphere of God. And because I am in him, amen, wherever there is goodness, I can partake there. Wherever there is majesty, I can be a partaker. Why? Because Christ in me is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. And the king of glory has come in unto me. The Bible says in John chapter 17 and verse 4, John 17 verse 4, it says, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Yes. This is Jesus speaking here. And Jesus is referring to his father here. Is referring to the Almighty God. Amen. You know, we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So when he's saying, I brought glory to you here on earth, he's talking to the Father. He said, and how did I bring the glory? By completing the work you gave me to do. So can I tell somebody this morning that it is all done? You don't believe me. It is all done. The only thing you are waiting for is a manifestation of what is already done. God is not working on it. He's done it. But there is a time and a season for all things. Amen? Really, the only delay in the manifestation is because it's still working on you. Amen? The Bible says something very interesting. It says the prosperity of the fool will be his own destruction. Excuse me. Why will God give you something he knows will destroy you? So anywhere I lack knowledge, you can say I'm ignorant in that regard. Is that correct? It's not an insult. 
right? That I'm ignorant. You know, uh, my dear sister, uh, Pastor Ebukun's wife, she's a tester. I saw her at work. She's in one of the groups that we, there's a project we're doing now implementing our new church application. You know, when I saw a sample of the work she can do, I quickly joined the team back. Usually, when I set up the team, I pull back because I want them to engage and not be afraid that pastor is watching over. You know. So I told them, I said, I am here as a learner. I'm not here to supervise. I'm here to learn. And uh, I have switched my role and title in the documentary team to, to a learner. Because when I saw Mama Cole's paper, I said, okay, this is somebody that knows what we are supposed to be doing. Unlike what I was trying to do before. You, you get what I'm saying? The vision is still the same, but the application is changing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So when you are ignorant concerning something, it doesn't, it's not an insult. It just means you don't have knowledge in that space. Right? So if you don't have knowledge in that space and God is now blessing you with stuff in that space, what, what are you going to do with it? You're going to squander it. So the reason manifestation has not happened yet is because I'm still a work in progress. So the question is, and the, it's interesting how the Bible asks questions sometimes. The Bible itself is asking, say, who is this king of glory? Verse 8 of Psalm 24. It said, who is the king of glory? And then it begins to list the attributes. Yes. The Lord. Hallelujah. Any Bible translation you read it, Lord will be in uppercase. Amen. What that is telling you is that this is the self-existing one, the almighty God, the breasty one, the one that doesn't need anything to get stuff done. It says the Lord, strong, mighty, the Lord invincible. Invincible means he's unbeatable. It means he's unshakable. It means he's, he's indomitable. He cannot be dominated. He's a God all in his own class. So when we are talking about the king of glory, that is whom we're talking about. Amen? So now that we have a common understanding, our title for today is Alone with the King of Glory. So the one that wants to spend time alone with you the king of glory is the Lord. Strong, mighty, invincible. That is the God that delights and craves your fellowship. You know, if, uh, if they give you a pass to go to the White House and meet with the president in the Oval Office, how many people here are busy enough not to make it? Just wait. Okay, let me reverse it. How many people will make it? If your hand is down. It's either I'm not communicating to you or you're lying. Amen. You have an invitation. The President of the United States of America wants to meet with you in the Oval Office. Everybody here will make time to be there. 
But who is the president compared to the king of glory? glory. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the king of glory, the Lord, the one that is strong, the one that is mighty, the one that is invincible in battle, unbeatable, unshakable, indomitable, is asking for a moment of your time. Remember last week, we talked about crossing to the other side of your life. And I was very careful to let you know that there are stuff on your other side that you are not aware of yet. There are abilities you have right now that you know nothing about yet. But as the king of glory comes in and you spend time with him, he will begin to open your eyes to see certain realities that you didn't even know about yourself. Amen? But too many people are too busy for the king of glory. Amen? In walking through this, what I'm going to do for the rest of the series, we're going to use David, David the shepherd boy, uh, as our case study, or a shepherd in general, as our case study. If you know anything about the job of... Uh, a shepherd, the, shop, the job of a shepherd is one of patience and waiting. Yeah? If a shepherd leads the flock, they get to the field where the grass is green, there's plush pasture, and the sheep are grazing. Let me ask you, what is the shepherd doing? He's just sitting and, and looking in case there's danger. But if there's no danger, there's nothing else to be done. One of the critical things about the shepherd is the shepherd spends a lot of time with the sheep, so much so the sheep can distinguish between the voice of their shepherd from the voice of another. So it is possible they are grazing on a pasture where there are other flock. Right? Uh, Pastor Cole is a shepherd. I'm a shepherd. Pastor uh, uh, Bode is shepherd. You know, and we are all, we have our flock in the field. When I begin to whistle to call my sheep, they know my voice, different from Pastor Cole's voice. When I begin to make my clips up, if they were all grazing together, the sheep of my pasture will start leaving the rest of them and following my voice. It doesn't matter how closely his clicking resembles mine. The Bible says, my sheep, they know my voice. And they follow me. When you spend time alone in his presence, when he speaks, you can pick it. One of the things <laughs> we were talking about on Tuesday, about prayer, knowing the will of God, and all of these things. 
So somebody asked a very important question. He said, how do I know that I'm not the one talking to myself? Very good question. When you have spent quality time in his presence, you will know his voice apart from every other voice. Amen? How should I spend my time alone with the king of glory? The number one thing is I must live a separated life. A separated life. Too many people are one leg in and one leg out. If you are one leg in and one leg out, you will never be able to clearly, distinctly say, this is how God is leading me. You will always be guessing. It will be hit and miss. Sometimes you get it right, and then some other times, in retrospect, is how you'll be telling yourself, I guess I didn't listen to God there. You know? Or you have taken the wrong course of action because the voice of God was buried underneath. And you are saying, and something was telling me not to do it. It's not something. It's the Holy Spirit. For you to clearly know how God is leading you, you must live a separated life. Open your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Really, verse 17. It says, Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I welcome you. It's not saying live a solitary life. That's not what it's saying. Amen? It's not saying live a solitary life, go away from everybody else, you know, and be like the, uh, 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 what are they called, the essence that went and hid themselves like monks in the desert. No, 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 that's not what he's talking about. He's saying that separate yourself from world system and the world way of thinking. Let my spirit guide your thoughts and your decisions. Amen. I've given the example of to a, a number of times. You have two job offers. How do you know which one to take? Say, ah, this one pays more than this other one. Sister Doja shared a testimony, uh, I think cro- crossover service, you know. She, <laughs> she got a new job offer that was paying slightly higher than this position she was in. But she prayed about it. And God said, stay where you are even though the other position was offering a higher salary. She stayed. Within the time she stayed, she got double promotion. Got the raise she desired and got extra on top of it. Why? She listened to God. You must learn to live a separated life. You know, if if you want to use a seminary type language, you say be sanctified. Be sanctified simply means separate yourself to God. Dedicate yourself. Hunger. Thirst for it. Say, Lord, I want to know what your will is. Jesus was telling the, the people, he said, how many of you will your son ask for bread and you will give them stone? Or ask you fish, you give them a snake to bite them. Then so you won't do that. So what makes you think that your heavenly father will not do even better for you? 
Amen. When you spend time in his presence, you separate yourself to him, to learn from him. And you hunger and thirst to know what his will is for you. He will speak to you. Many people are waiting for fire to fireproof their marriage. If the house is on fire, there's no fireproofing you can do. It's too late. You should be looking for fire services to come and put out the fire. So in time of peace, when times are good, that is the time for you and I to really get to know God. So that when the storm comes, you already understand how he speaks to you. Amen? There's a lot that can be said here, uh, but we'll skip over. Let me just mention this. So Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul, Jesus met with him on his way to Damascus when he was going to persecute Christians. So in our modern day language, we say he accepted Christ. He became born again. When he became born again, in Galatians chapter 1, he told us, he said he went to the land of Arabia. What was he doing? He was separating himself. You know, all the time he was persecuting the Christians, he believed he was serving God. Why are you looking at me strangely? He was, that was his utmost belief. He believed he was doing the work of God. So there are certain things you're doing now that you can say, I'm doing for God. But maybe not. Amen. He says, so when Jesus met him, I think the way I can interpret it, it was like me. Because when I first gave my life to Christ, for real, for real now. When I gave my life to Christ, for real, for real. You know, I was so shocked. Because I was, at this time, I was 21. You know, I'm like, so all of these years, I didn't know God. We have gone to church. We didn't miss church. My mom took us to church. We were God-fearing people. You know, so I was shocked. I was so hungry, I, just, I wanted to know more. When I went to church and gave my life to Christ for real, for real, I went chasing a God. Can we be honest? Let's keep it real. I was chasing a babe. Pastor Ibuku is laughing. He can identify. <laughs> we know ourselves. You know, this example is not Dr. Bodie's example. He's, uh... <laughs> Praise the Lord. But when I, when I met with the Lord, I totally forgot. I, I kid you not. God is my witness. I forgot the intentions of my heart. I was so hungry to learn that about three months later, the sis, so the sisters told me that I can't hang with you if you if you don't come to church. I said, uh-huh, I'll go Is it to, to go to church. I will go to church. <laughs> That's not a problem. You know, so I wanted to do what I had always done. You know, just go and fake it. Because I faked it in the past. You know, you just go, hallelujah. Who can do that? Praise God, hallelujah, praise God, praise God. If that is what you are looking at and saying, oh, he's, he believes, he loves God, you have believed a lie. 
Anyway, don't let me digress. So, I was, when I came and I accepted Christ, I'm like, wow, this is different. It's different from the other times. I was so hungry that three months later, the seas had to pinch me. <clears throat> About what you were saying before. <laughs> she had to bring me back to the old conversation because my focus had completely changed. When I gave my life to Christ, she gave me one Bible. I bought two other Bibles for myself. Because the one she gave me was uh, King James. I was struggling with it, man. I was really struggling. So I got me Amplified, and I think it was ESV that I got. I was, for somebody that never read the Bible, I was reading like three Bibles in parallel. Because I was just so hungry. I wanted to know. That is what I believe Paul went to Arabia to do. To detoxify himself. Of all those beliefs that he has had over the years that he thought were godly beliefs. To detoxify. And then begin to follow Christ. For real, for real. The number one step, you can call it consecration, you can call it sanctification, it just simply means you are focused on him and him alone. Paul did that for three years before he came back. When he came back, he spent 15 days with Peter before he now went to present himself formally to the leaders of the church. Number two, what do I do? Alone with the king of glory. Obviously, you must pray. Prayer, we define prayer on Tuesday. If you don't come for Bible study, I encourage you. In fact, what we're doing now is we're building foundations. We're building foundations. And last Tuesday, we talked about prayer. We talked about prayer. This Tuesday, we're going to talk about hearing from God. Uh, Pastor Joyce will be teaching. Hearing from God. Where's Joshua? I, if he was here, he would be beaming. Because I saw the way he was looking at me on Tuesday. Now, this is not like the one we did when co-pastor came. <laughs> anyway, so, we're talking about hearing from God. But last week when we're talking about prayer, we define prayer. Prayer is very simple. Prayer is very simple. Prayer is talking to God, communicating with God. There is no right style. There is no right format. You know, oh God. No, 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 no God. Amen? You know, you, you hear people say all of these things and you want to say all of those things so you can pray like somebody else. No, just talk to God. Just talk to God. God, I am not happy the way things are going. You are talking to him. Amen? The Bible says, such and such and such, that if we are not happy, we'll let you know. Okay, I'm bringing my petition before you now that the situation is not pleasant. Help me. Talk to your father. Talk to your father. How many of you will be happy? Your children, they wake up in the morning, they get dressed, they just go to school, they don't say anything to you. How many parents will be happy? As long as they are fine. I know they, as long as I know they are fine, it's okay. No. Amen? That is what prayer is. Prayer is communing with God. 
talking to God. The way you talk is different from the way I talk. Amen? In different homes, it's different. It's different for different people. You know, the way your children address you may not exactly be the way my children address me. My children, it just depends on how the wind is blowing them. Daddy, pastor, dad, they just do as they like. I mean, to have come to accept that, okay, this is the children that God has given me. <laughs> and that's the way they are. You know, uh, they don't do this anymore. But they used to try to talk like me that I'm uh, from Africa. So I'm proud of my heritage. How many people here can, Pastor Cole, can you understand me? Am I communicating? Yeah, so why do I need to change to if I do it, I will lose some teeth. Because I've been trying too hard. You know, let's put the wara and the bora and the kompura. Even the English people cannot understand what you are saying. Because you have changed that kompura. There's nothing called kompura. <laughs> or wara. Wara. Let's, let's put the wara, put the wara on the fire and put the bora on the <laughs> just stop put the butter there and get me some water they will understand you better sorry I digress we're talking about prayer we're talking about prayer and fasting prayer and fasting when you look at the scripture the bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 that after Jesus was baptized, he came out of water from baptism. And the Bible says the spirit led him into the wilderness. It was not the devil that led him. The spirit led him into the wilderness. One, to be tempted. Two, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry. Very hungry. You see that? So if you are fasting and you are hungry and you think, you are unspiritual. You have believed a lie. If you don't eat, you will be hungry. So stop worrying about hunger. That's the whole point of fasting. So that you can be hungry. And put your flesh under. Shut it down. You shut down your body. That's, what, that's the whole point. So Jesus, God, he fasted, he prayed, and he was very hungry. Very hungry. So there is nothing new if you are fasting and you are hungry. You are expected to be hungry. You know? So the self-control and uh, the willpower to say, I'm going to continue with what I'm doing is what many people are lacking. Amen? Alone with him, I separate myself. I make a habit of fasting and praying. Number three, I worship. I worship. And when I worship, there's no precondition. You know, some people will say, oh, I can't worship today uh, because uh, I don't feel good. I'm starving. My scarf, oh, okay. I don't have scarf or whatever. There's no precondition for worship. You know, and I did something on Tuesday. Before we close, we set aside time to pray and to worship. And I said, no music. No music. Because a lot of people, 
If it's church, you can dance, <laughs> you can do all of that. But say at home is boring. So we, we were here, we were here in church, but there was no music. For those that were here, was the worship good? Yep, it was good. You were there. Were you there? If you are there, affirm it now. Don't nod your head. They can't hear your head as you're nodding. <laughs> it was good. We worship the Lord. No music. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice, you know, to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King. In what you hear, let it be a sweet. Now you are jinxing me. You are jinxing me. It was flowing. When you say, wow, you just, I just lost it. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I'm in my room singing praise to God, who is the judge? Nobody. Whether I'm off key, on key, side key, under key, over key, who cares? It's between me and my father. You must cultivate his, learn to cultivate his presence. Just worship him. Don't mind how Priscilla sounds when she's worshiping. It's, it's not a competition. We will mind if she's not doing well on stage. Sa'ah. This is your ministry. You should know how to do it well. You know, but for me, it's between me and God. He's with, who is the joy? I'm in the shower, I'm singing. You know, have you noticed I don't sing? In public. I just did now. But generally, I don't. It's simple. When I'm worshiping alone by myself at home, in my room, I can start with one song, and then another song that sounds like it, I will just join them together. I sing it, and then by, before I finish, I conclude with the ending of another song. My wife will argue with me, say, that is not the same song. I said, who cares? He's between me and God. I'm worshiping God, and he can understand. He's, ah, there he goes. The Bible says God sits in heaven and he laughs. He will, he's just bursting to laughter. <laughs> Here goes Koye again. Look at him. <laughs> You know, and I'm off key and all of that. I'm having pleasure in the presence of my father. Alone with him. Alone. 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 The problem with the body today, most people can only praise God when there's music and when there's other people. Understand that nobody cares whether you can sing or you can't sing. Even God does not care that you can maintain a note. Nobody cares. That pressure you have put on yourself is only you intimidating yourself. How many people know how easy it is to sing along when the music is playing? If they stop the music and you hear yourself, you will be afraid of yourself. <laughs> but no, God doesn't care. He doesn't care. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to fellowship with you. We have not stopped talking about this. Last Friday, uh, co-pastor and I, 
We went to uh, Pastor Cole and Mama Cole. We had such great fellowship. Fellowship. I think we were there for like, I don't know, three hours, maybe more. Just enjoying fellowship. Enjoying fellowship. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Don't make time with God what it is not. You have put so much pressure on yourself. It has to sound one way, even the prayer. You know, there's a format you want it to go because you remember how Pastor Abiola prays. God doesn't care. He just wants to know what ailed thee, my son, my daughter. That's all God is interested in. And don't make prayer all about requests. You wake up and say, Father, whoa, it feels good to wake up this morning. Thank you, Jesus. That's prayer. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It doesn't have to be, oh, dear Lord, thank you for a blessed day. The day, this is the day that you have made. Come on. He woke you up. You feel good in your body. Let him know that you woke me up and I feel great. You woke me up. I have my senses. You woke me. Just talk to him. I want to demystify prayer for you. Amen? That's my cue to round up. Okay. I got you. I got you. Worship. Worship him alone. Worship him alone. Let me tell you something really weird. I will stop here. Let me read something really weird to you in scripture. You know the story of Job and everything that had happened to him. Yeah? Everything. Lost everything in one day. When the last servant came and gave him the evil report, in Job chapter 1 verse 20, the Bible says Job stood up, tore his robe in grief, then shaved his head, and fell to the ground to worship. How many of you think that is weird? I do. That's weird. You just lost all your children. You just lost everything you own. You just lost everything. And then you, oh Lord my God. That's weird. That's really weird. But Job understood something. He did, he did his part as a human being. He did mourn. The Bible says he tore his robe. That's not somebody excited. That's somebody mourning. He shaved off his hair. What do you think he's doing? It's mourning. But then he said, Lord, I surrender all unto you. I worship you because you are the maker of the heavens and the earth. You are the king of kings and the lord of lords. You are the king of glory. I may not understand all of this, but I know you know. And I worship you as my God. So, I don't only worship God because things are working out. I worship God because of who he is. The reason I worship God is because of who he is. Not because of what he has done for me. Why? He is God. And besides him, there is none else. None else. Please rise to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. 
we encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.